Hello, this is Dan Bender, executive producer of the Singles Podcasting Network. Today, I'm excited to present Single Living, a podcast that brings you straight talk on everything that concerns today's singles, including relationships, dating, travel, and financial security. Single Living is hosted by Rich Goss, a well-respected expert in the singles industry. He is the author of eight books on dating and has lectured on the subject in over 50 colleges and universities. Rich is frequently interviewed by the news media, including Oprah, CNN, Fox News, and the Wall Street Journal, to name just a few. And now, here's the host of Single Living, Rich Goss. My guest today is Randall Curtis, a professional astrologer. Randall is the author of The Heart of a Man is a Woman. Welcome, Randall. Hey, hello, Rich. Good to talk to you. What is unique about the kind of matchmaking that you do with people? Well, I give each person the exact tools for finding out what another person is really like inside before they actually engage another, someone in a relationship. That's the biggest problem. We, we grab onto the energy, we get attracted to someone, and we don't know who they really are inside. So unfortunately, this is the most important element that most potential lovers fail to think about, you know. Well, let's face it, Randall, we live in a superficial world where things like what you look like and the car you drive and how much income you have uh, often determine the romantic choice rather than inner beauty. <laughs> That's really, it's not really funny, it's really a tragedy because if you don't have this insight, uh, you're really playing Russian roulette with uh, your relationships and in your own life. It's a setup for a dating disaster. I mean, it's natural to be, you know, you follow your attractions, but... Uh, you look at the divorce history rate, it's uh, really bad. Uh, it's, it's really unfortunate that most dating decisions are based on hormones or looks or, or attraction. And we never really find out what the person is inside until later we find we have a different person. Well, it's the old bait and switch. You know, during the courting period, people are on their best behavior. They put their best foot forward. And then once you marry them, you find out that you married a totally different person. Well, that's what's great about astrology. You know, um, you have all these theories about what a person is like, but when you do actual person's chart, you put it right in front of you, a real skilled astrologer can see within a matter of minutes what the relationship is really like. And that's the wonderful thing about it. Now, could you describe what your methods are and how you use them to help people make better mating decisions? Yeah. Um, well, I've been doing this about a little over 40 years. I developed this system uh, I call planetary psychology. It's really about the psychology of planets, like the the great Jungian uh, psychiatrist. Uh, he was actually an astrologer, and he uh, used the planets as archetypes. He said that the planets were symbols of the unconscious. So when you look at a person's chart, you can see how they're set up emotionally, sexually, uh, the kind of people they like. So this kind of astrology goes far beyond the simple sun sign search for a partner. So what we need to do is start using a different language about how the planets and the signs in the heavens reveal the real answer to our relationship problems. For example, instead of wondering what a sign a person's son is in, we need to ask, what kind of attitude does this person have that I am in harmony with? For instance, you can be in harmony, uh, say you're a Capricorn, the other person's a Taurus sun sign. You can say, well, yeah, I guess we're in harmony. But, you know, you have uh, nine other heavenly bodies that can be in signs that are not in harmony. And so this first idea that you're in harmony can be a, really a trap, even though there can be a certain attraction because of those two energies. But there's so much more involved. So in this word attitude, if we substitute the word attitude instead of sign, 
it will take a lot, you know, make a lot more sense to us. So it's not simply good enough just to say this sign does not get along with that one. It's far more effective to understand the attitudes of each sign and then determine how you can work with those attitudes or signs. Well, tell us a little bit about the different kinds of attitudes or signs. Uh, can you flesh that out a little bit for us? Uh, yeah, you know, like, um, for instance, let's let's take two signs that uh, traditionally don't, uh, don't get along. <clears throat> let's take, uh, you know, we can take air signs. What you do is you take the elements. Each sign is made up of an element like earth, air, and water, and fire. And it's a very simple way to na- analyze relationships. Uh, say, say you have a Scorpio, uh, a guy has Scorpio moon, and he meets this woman who is an Aquarian, uh, uh, Mars or something, has a very strong Aquarian energy. Well, uh, one of the attitudes of the Aquarius basically is, I want to have many relationships. I want to be free for options. I don't like to be tied down. I want a lot of choices. And I'm just enjoying life with many friends here and now. I'm not a here and now person. I'm not one that gets the... Bogged down by relationships, and but the Taurus uh, energy, their attitudes are very different. They want a sort of a one-person relationship. They're usually very loyal in their affections. They like commitment, so uh, it's intolerable for them to think of uh, some of the attitudes. The Aquarians is that, well, I wish you were here today, but I might not be here with you tomorrow. <laughs> and this is something a, a Taurus or a Scorpio just couldn't uh, get along with. So if you see that in a person's chart immediately. Uh, you you got some issues you you notice right away. Now, you mentioned the ten planets, which is a little confusing to people that are not adept at astrology. Normally, we think of the sun and the moon and nine planets in our solar system. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, well, you see, you know, since we're an Earth-oriented system, uh, we know that the planets travel around the sun, but as far as us on the Earth, all these heavenly bodies are passing over us. So we call the moon and the sun a planet even though we know they're not, but they, in relationship to the Earth, they are heavenly bodies. So all of these heavenly bodies, Venus, Mercury, Mars, Moon, Saturn, Uranus, Pluto, every one of these planets is passing through a particular sign, energy field, or attitude at the time we're born. So they're, all their positions make up the human personality, the inner nature and their outer. And so when we just analyze the outside of a person, like the sun and the moon, we're only analyzing, you know, one-tenth of who they really are. So that's the tragedy of most people's choices in relationships. So you're saying that the popular astrology that we see all the time in the newspaper, this is just a real superficial look at astrology, that it's a, there's a whole science behind this that gets quite complicated. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, it, it's too bad that that's what the image is because, well, one big problem is astrology is not part of our culture as far as going to school and learning it. In some cultures, such as India or ancient cultures, they did they've studied this as part of life. They were connected to nature and the cycles of the moon and all this, so they're much more connected to the energies of the earth, and we're much more detached from it. So therefore, we developed this like fortune telling and sun sign, what's your sign, and all that, and it, it just doesn't work. And that's why a lot of people are turned off by astrology because they they. They read their daily horoscope, yes. and uh, sometimes it hits on, sometimes it's off, you know. Right. Can you give us a specific example, Randall, of a situation where you help people make a better decision about a particular relationship? This happens to me all the time. Uh, you know, I do a lot of direct counseling for people who ask me questions and on the Internet, and I'll get back to them. And it's always some problems they have in their relationship, and they're trying to understand what's really going on. 
yeah, there was this woman who was intensely attracted to this guy, and she had a couple of dates with him and began to have doubts about his feelings for her because he kept going back and forth. He Sometimes he didn't keep his promise about being someplace or meeting her. And she called me up, and I showed her how his Saturn attitudes, in other words, you know, we have when you have planets, they're in signs, and you have all these different attitudes. So his Saturn was in a certain sign. Basically, Saturn is the planet that's the critic inside of everybody. Yes. So uh, when that planet makes a contact with another person's planet in a sort of a negative way or in the wrong sign, then this person criticizes them for their own attitudes. So when I asked, said that, she replied, uh, yeah, you know, he's already started doing that, and it really makes me uncomfortable. Yes. So she already sensed something is wrong. So she had a couple of dates, and then she ended the relationship, and she finally said, we're right about him. You saved me a lot of grief because I was really falling for him. And then there was this other case. Uh, this happens many times. A man came to me once and asked about a woman he was dating, and he wanted to know if their relation could work. And I, there was a lot of good energy. I mean, it was a really great chart. And there's a lot of good energy between them. And I started saying, this could be very, really promising. And but she had her Venus in Cancer. You know, and Cancer is all about the home and family and the flag and apple pie. And Venus in Cancer is the love of those things. And his son was in the same sign. So they had this connection. They liked the home teddy bear feelings. Anyway, yes. this connection showed that they liked the comfort of the home and the beautiful surroundings. And, and there were other energies that were very compatible. So I explained to him that despite all these good energies, they would be arguing all the time because she was very reactive emotionally. Well, you know, you can look at a person's chart and you can see that they're very volatile. And her Mars was at war with her Mercury. What I mean by that, in her chart, her Mars was in a sign that was not in harmony with the signs that Mercury is in. So what that traditionally shows when a person has a, they call it Mercury square Mars, yes. uh, shows a very arrogant opinions and reactive mental attitude. In other words, they sort of fly off the handle. And so her planets were hitting his in that way, and so they, was, they started getting all these arguments about everything. And right. he soon saw what I told him was totally right. So he, he finally wrote me a note, and he said, you warned me that she was very reactive. <laughs> yes. Wow, were you right on with that critique? Right. And he said, we're no longer dating. But, you know, sometimes you don't find these things out until you really get involved in the person. Then it's hard to extricate yourself. And sometimes the conflict in a relationship isn't necessarily a bad thing. It can bring some, some energy and some excitement into a relationship. As long as there's some compatibility there, people can kind of live with a little bit of disagreement. You know, you're very right. You're not going to find the perfect relationship. You can get somewhere in the ballpark. You're very fortunate. Yes. Everybody is different, and, and sometimes a, a person's difference can be an asset to us to have a talent that we don't have. Right. So uh, and we can model that if we if that's something that we need. Uh, for instance, uh, a guy could have a lot of plants in Gemini, so he tends to be a little sloppy or disorganized, and he's married to a woman who's had a lot of Virgo planets, and she's very organized. Yes. So, so they kind of can be humorous about, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't pick up my clothes. Well, that's okay, dear. You always do that, you know. <laughs> and it's sort of like a humorous, and, and then get a big trip about it. But uh, you're, you're right. We've got to find ways to get along with other people. And if we can just get a pretty good relationship, then we have something to work with. Yeah, well, the problem, of course, in our society is that we have no patience anymore. You know, everything has to click, everything has to work perfectly, or we're gone to the next relationship. You know, kind of like watching TV. If you don't like a particular show, you click to the next channel. We have so many choices out there right now. I mean, here in the United States, we've got close to 90 million single adults to choose from, and people just get to be so demanding. They demand perfection, and then they wonder why they never have a long-term relationship. 
Well, that's the problem. I think uh, people are looking outside for the other per- person to give them happiness, and which is a big yes. mistake. You sort of have to be full inside. You have to have a somehow awaken a lot of self love and uh, sustain yourself emotionally, so you can um, find a true relationship. But to just go by surface is really a, it, it really is a tragedy if you really look at what's happening to people. Now you mentioned self love and and what can you do to create self love inside yourself? You know we live in a society that does everything in its power to destroy our self concept. You know there's so much critical things going on out there. You mentioned Saturn being the critic, and let's face it, it just about every important person in our life winds up being a Saturn in our lives. You know starting out with our parents, always pointing out when we're bad boys and bad girls, and then our teachers and giving us F's and and telling us that we're not doing our job, and then later on we have bosses and uh, they're telling us we're not performing properly. There's so many critics out there. How do you bring self-love into yourself so that you can have a successful relationship with someone else? You know, that's, you've asked the most important question of all. That's why I wrote this book. It's called The Heart of a Man is a Woman. And basically, that sounds really strange because most men say, well, I'm not a woman, I'm a man. <laughs> but it's about the inner nature of a man. I'm explaining this in a roundabout way. He's looking for his ideal woman which is in his heart, but it's usually projected outside because, like you said, if you have a bad childhood, most people, you know, came from a different, difficult childhood of some kind or another, especially in the West. For instance, in Buddha, I mean, in the Tibetan culture, it's kind of a shocking to, for them to realize how much Americans don't love themselves, or the Western people. Really? And uh, because it's sort of outside their culture, they have all this connection to, to social family life. And so... Basically, what happens, we get hurt and uh, feel like we're not loved. And so inwardly, we don't feel this love inside. So we, we, like you say, we spend all of our life going outside looking for this love. The question is, how can I find this love? I wrote this book because I had this vision. It wasn't just something intellectual. It really changed my life. And what happened was that I was intensely in love with this girl, and she was rejecting me. And uh, I was in a lot of pain, and I said, well, how can love be so painful? And I was intensely questioning, trying to understand how a relationship could be this way. And then I had this vision of this woman flying into my heart like a bird, and yes. she landed in my heart. And then I said, wow, the woman has come home. Well, this is the way I described it to myself, but what that really meant was I discovered that I was already this love, but I was projecting it outside into the woman. That's what they call projection. I had read this many times in, in psychology books about projection, but yes. I literally saw this happen. Anyway, as a result of that, I felt this love inside of myself uh, for the first time in my life, as if I was this love. And out of that, I started using astrology to explain this to people, and I, then I discovered that the woman's heart is a man. Her inner nature is masculine. So what it basically means that, well, first, if a man doesn't feel this love inside himself, he goes out into the world and looks for the woman to give it to him. And this is our first biggest tragedy because we cannot really have a true relationship unless we love ourselves because we don't have the love to give. And the same for a woman, if she's had a tragic relationship to her father with men, she can't attract the true lover because she feels impoverished. She doesn't have that love to give to a man. So the question is, how can we change this? Well, in this book, I describe how you have to really become much more adventurous in being vulnerable. You have to risk exposing how you feel about a person sooner in the relationship 
so you can process it. I think one of the pro- biggest problems is people don't process the relationships, meaning you get to a certain phase in it and you start accepting each other's limitations or misunderstandings and sort of a silent agreement. But this is not really about a true relationship. So we have to go through relationships in a very honest and open and adventurous and finding out if we really love this person. And we do that. It will be painful, but it will transform us into lovers because when we're vulnerable, our heart is open. And that's how we process the pain of childhood. What can a person do who wants an answer right away about their relationship? Okay, what you do is, well, in, in terms of mine, you can call me up and I can tell you in five minutes if your relationship will work or not. Now, when you say, Randall, be careful now, this is the Singles Podcasting Network with people all over the world listening to this <laughs> podcast. I mean, do you literally want people to call you up from all over the world? Well, I do have a small fee. I, I, uh, I have a thing on my website called the Date Checker. Yes. And uh, you can go on my website at matchmakingheaven.com and check out the, a thing called Date Checker. And what I do is uh, on that you can process your order, and, and I don't mean to sound commercial, but here, but that's the way I get compensated right. for my work. It's really a very inexpensive way because most astrologers charge a lot of money for that kind of analysis. But I really, yes. you know, matchmaking is really the thing I love the most, and I really do want to help people. So if they, you know, I have quite a few people who do that, and uh, they can, you know, within a matter of hours, they can have their answer not only explain it to them in astrological terms, but I show them how the dynamics of it work in their relationship. That's how they can really find out. Sure. How can the average person how can the average person use some of your techniques to make better relationship choices? Well, I have this thing called Seven Secrets of the Zodiac. Right. There's there's different little simple tools that you can use to get this little e book. Yes. First of all you discover the rising signs, see if they're in harmony. Uh, you don't want their Saturn afflicting your small planets. Yes. Uh, you try to find your Venus and the Mars in harmony. Yes. There, there's a book that I also create called Sex Matching. You know, it's like learning if you're sexually compatible with a person. So it's all about getting these small tools to uh, to help you. So these small booklets are available on your website, matchmakingheaven.com? Yeah, you can uh, just... Uh, matchmakingheaven.com and uh, go down and check out the site. So I have a free course there for anyone who would like to um, check this out. And um, I think it's about six lessons. And you can go on there and it says the dating disaster. You click on that and it'll take you to uh, a little booklet called How to Avoid Dating Disasters. And yes. it gives you a kind of a checkoff list. And this is very valid stuff. It's not like theoretical or if they have a good personality, all that stuff. This, this goes right to the core of the other person. And what are the six dating disasters, Randall? Uh, okay, one is believing what you see <laughs> or thinking what you see or feel is the reality of the relationship. You can say, right. one of the biggest disasters, I'm really attracted to this person. I just can't get them out of my mind. Well, sometimes the more intense your attraction is, the more cautious you should be because some of those attractions are fatal attractions. That's one of the terms I use which everybody knows about. Yes. What fatal attractions are, are attractions that are so intense that people become obsessive toward each other. Yes. And I can't keep away from you. I've got to be with you all the time. So it's, it's an obsessive. If both people are like that, it's really going to be a difficult relationship. <laughs> a lot of times you find one person doesn't want that, and uh, then you have this people following them around and stuff. Right, the stalking. Yeah, right. 
So too much of a good thing. So, and, you know, I think tractions are great, but you got to be able to look at the person and say, wait a minute, do they have any warts on their face? You know, <laughs> you sort of have to, um, okay, I've been here before, I've done this, uh, i got to find out what, what our true relationship is, what, what is the cause of this attraction? And then people come to me and I say, you almost feel like this person's your soulmate, you really love this person, you can feel totally happiness with them, but, I mean, when you're in a relationship, you're going to find this person is going to be very possessive of you when you when you start to do this other thing that you like to do, you know, like to go to concerts or something, like to be out with your friends, and they're, they don't like that. And so here's a whole big issue that comes up that you were not aware of. So if you lose it, the analysis of the chart, is this, I have a few little things that that person can do to how to avoid uh, dating disasters, and one, one of them is uh, if this person has the Pluto on your Venus, they can want to obsess you. They want to control you. They want to own you. And everybody's met people who in their, in their lives have been very demanding and always dictating their choices and trying to make you adjust to them. Controlling people. Ah, yeah, right. So you can see that right away. That's one way. But what you have to do is look at all these different aspects of the person. But for instance, you find out what their habits are about through the planets and you say, well, this person really likes to go to the mountain. They like to climb, you know, go out here and always going places. And, and I'm basically a couch potato. Well, you know, there's there's an example of uh, you're not going to get along in that area. So you look sure. at the rest of there and you say, oh, but if she has her Venus, Jupiter on my Venus, that would be a great, oh, yeah, that would be good. See, because Jupiter supports another person's planet. In other words, if I know somebody has Jupiter on your Venus, they support you. They feel like uplifting you. They feel deeply connected to you. So, you know, you keep analyzing all these different parts of the chart, and you can uh, you sort of weigh it out. And uh, I give people enough tools to where they can uh, do this for themselves. And I don't, you know, astrology is very complex. After all these years, I've found a few things that really work really well that almost anybody can use and learn to use in just a few hours of study. Sure. Would you compare what you do, planetary psychology or astrology, would you compare that with other methods and other systems such as psychological analysis, personality tests, profiles, and of course online matchmaking? Why do you think that what you do is better than all of those other choices? Well, you know, most of those choices are sort of exterior. They're analytical. They're mental. They're observational. In other words, you look at the person, they do this. Then you ask the person questions, and you sort of when you, the person has done this, you can glean from all the way they answered it that they're this particular person. But they may not know themselves enough to even answer the question correctly. And so there's a lot of possibilities for errors in that. And when, But the answer to what your question is very simple. We are composed of the signs and planets, and, and they reflect what we are like inside. So the attitudes and desires of our particular nature are fully shown through the signs and planets. And so, therefore, when you look at a person's chart, you can see it all. The descriptions are right there. They're very accurate. For thousands of years, ancient astrologers have done this, and they accumulated all this information, uh, you know, Venus on a person's Mars, Saturn on your Venus, all these kind of astrological terms that actually show psychological states. So modern science is still very, very young. You know, you put down astrology because most of them don't understand it. But there is a, a famous astronomer in uh, England, Percy Seymour, who discovers that actually the planets do influence the birth of the fetus. Anyway, 
there is some growing evidence for science to show that astrology really does work. But astrology is sort of ahead of science. It's an esoteric art, but it goes right to the heart of the matter. When you look at a person's chart, you don't have to do any personality tests or anything. You can see it right instantly. So basically, most of these systems approach personality analysis from the outside, you know, through observation, tests, questionnaires, and all of this is totally unnecessary because the heavens already reveal who we are at the moment we are born. In other words, you can look at a baby's chart and say what the relationship is to the parents because you can see the actual interchange of chemistry between them, the psychic chemistry, the attitude that they will have if the parents going to be have a hard time with a kid, if the kids and parents get along. And if you know all this going in, you can learn to work with it. You know, like you can may not get along with a person in one area, but you can help them out with the other area. And so you learn how to work with these forces. They're karmic forces. We're not in control of them. Well, great. I think we've we've covered this pretty well this morning, Randall. And okay. I'd like to recommend to everybody they go on to your website, matchmakingheaven.com. I'd like to thank my guest, Randall Curtis. Single Living is a production of the Singles Podcasting Network in San Rafael, California. If you have any comments or suggestions about single living, feel free to email us at comments at singlespodcastingnetwork.com. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, this is your host, Rich Goss.